And sometimes doing the thing that is right in front of us, simply because it needs doing, is the most faithful way of loving God and being in the world. Now go and do likewise. May I be so. All right. As our daughter would say, JK, I have just a few more things to say. But really, really, when you boil it all down, the gospel lesson this morning is inviting us, I think, to do just that. A simple and profound reminder that increasing our faith is not something we do through acquisition, but rather by making conscious choices day by day. To be present every moment, to show up fully for the person right in front of you, and to choose to do, as our Methodist brothers and sisters say, all the good you can, in all the ways you can, for always and ever you can. Each of us already has all the faith we have ever needed to be faithful. Faith is not a commodity available only for the most professionally holy or sacred or theologically correct, whatever that is. No, faith. Faith is simply and profoundly our willingness to surrender those just long enough to open our hearts to love and belonging. In short, what we are talking about when we try to wrap our heads and hearts around what it means to live lives of faith is what Brennan calls wholehearted living. Some of us spent significant weekly time a year or so ago reading her wonderful book, Braving the Wilderness, where she builds on this foundational truth. And in her earlier book, Daring Greatly, she unpacks what it means to live a wholehearted life. And in short, what I hear is a wonderful parallelism to our gospel this morning, in which our disciples seem to be frustrating Jesus by asking for something they and we already had. Brene Brown is a social researcher and, footnote, a faithful Episcopalian, and has conducted over 10,000 interviews talking and listening to people tell their stories about compassion, connection, love, and belonging. And in the end, she discovered an amazingly important truth. Regardless of the differences of the people or the stories they told, the only true significant difference between people who have a strong sense of love and belonging, her definition of wholehearted, in their lives and those who do not, is simply their belief 
that they are worthy of love and belonging. Let me repeat that, because if you hear nothing else, this is the game changer. The only difference between people who have a strong sense of love and belonging in their lives and those who do not is that these people over here believe they are worthy of love and belonging. It sounds so simple to me. Why is it hard? All too often I know of the times in my life when I struggle with a sense of worthiness. This is not a form of selfishness or self-centeredness. In fact, I would argue it is quite the opposite. It is, to say it another way, embracing the selfless freedom each of us is afforded at the time of our baptism. A time in which our tradition invites us into a continual pattern of dying to self in order to live from a place of greater love and a deeper awareness of love for others. Brown writes that wholehearted people do not have any less challenges, any fewer headaches, or more money, or easier choices. They are in no way shielded from any of the difficulties that any of us face. The only difference she found time and time again is that those who are living wholeheartedly have found a way to ground themselves in the belief that they are worth love and belonging. I believe that our brother Jesus this morning could have said something like this to the disciples as well. He might have said something like, look guys, you say you want to increase your faith, but your request is based on a false premise. You already have the gift of faith, just waiting to be unwrapped and claimed and then lived a little. The opposite of faith is not doubt, my brothers, but rather your own fear and your own worry that you are not enough. Embrace that truth and you will be truly free. And that is, I believe, some of the best news of the gospel. The reality Jesus seemed to point to again and again and again as he walked among us. Jesus models faith as wholehearted living through serving and respecting and comforting and celebrating and challenging and consoling and encouraging. So in light of today's gospel, I would draw these connections. Wholehearted people don't have any more faith than you and I. What may be different is that they understand more deeply what Jesus is trying to tell his disciples and by extension us. I suspect for people who are grounded in their belief, in their faith, that they are worthy of love and belonging. Those are the people that can also hear Jesus telling us that we are enough. Each of us is good enough. Each of us is kind enough. Each of us is lovable enough. We are simply enough. Faith, the way Jesus describes it, is simply about going about the business of our everyday lives and doing what we've been given to do. Attending to our lives with all the blessings and messiness that each day ushers in. Not with the intent or expectation of some grandiose reward, 
but because there is work that needs to be done. I have used the word simple a few times this morning, and I think it bears mentioning that simple, for me, does not mean easy. Simple means uncomplicated, and sometimes very hard. Wholehearted living is something that I aspire to still. I resonate with this grounded description of faith as showing up fully and authentically and attending to what needs to be done because perhaps of where I'm from and who I am. From my Swedish immigrant grandfather to Kim's grandparents who first farmed in Michigan's Upper Peninsula then became teachers, there is something sacred to us both about the faithfulness and the ordinariness that Jesus points to as some of the most holy ways of being in the world. Faith in this context is doing what needs to be done right in front of us. And Jesus says the disciples can do that as soon as they wake up and realize that. And this is a helpful message and a reminder to us whenever we start feeling daunted about what it means to be a disciple. I don't know about you, but I have many days when I don't know exactly what that looks like. But I do know what it means to try to show up with my whole heart and trust that God will help me do what needs to be done. And maybe that's why he references a mustard seed. You may have one at the beginning of your gospel reading if it didn't fall out. An itsy-bitsy, teeny-tiny mustard seed. That mustard seed represents the amount of faith that Jesus says you have to have for all of this to be your reality. Even a moment of abandoning our ego-driven, fear-infested selves allows miracles to happen if we can just get out of our own way. So why is this so hard sometimes, as we know that it is? Why do we wish at times that we had more faith why do we have spiritual amnesia and forget that we are worthy of love and belonging? I think it goes back to what I imagine Jesus might have said to his disciples about being fearful. I believe the opposite of faith is not doubt, but fear. There are Christians who will disagree with me, of course. Others who will argue that those who doubt or question certain religious beliefs or creeds or doctrines of the church can simply not be faithful. To me, this line of reasoning is striving and not helpful and not life-giving. What I hear and see through Jesus' life and all of Scripture is an emphasis on eliminating our fear so that we can step further into our call as faithful followers of Christ. When we are afraid, we are not able to trust. We're not able to trust ourselves and each other and a God who loves us. While doubt is a matter of the head, fear is a matter of the heart. Fear holds us back from the full relationship that God calls us into and keeps us. So I want to end this morning by offering Brene Brown's manifesto for wholehearted living. Originally, she wrote it as a manifesto for wholehearted parenting, and as a parent, I love every word of that version. But I beg for some indulgence and have adjusted the words ever so slightly 
for our beloved faith community. May these words guide and shape our faith, believing we are worthy of God's love. A wholehearted manifesto for the beloved and yet imperfect saints of Trinity. Above all, we want to know that we are loved and lovable. We will learn this from our words and actions. The lessons on love are in how we treat each other and how we treat ourselves. We want to engage with the world from a place of worthiness. We will learn that we are worthy of love, belonging, and joy every time we see each other practice self-compassion and embrace our own imperfections. We will practice courage in our community by showing up, letting ourselves be seen, and honoring vulnerability. We will share our stories of struggle and strength. There will always be room in our community for both. We will teach each other compassion by practicing compassion with ourselves first. We will set and respect boundaries. We will honor hard work and hope and perseverance. We will rest and play, and these will be community values as well as community practices. We will learn accountability and respect by watching each other make mistakes and make amends, and by watching how we ask for what we need and share what we feel. We want to know joy, so together we will practice gratitude. We want to feel joy, so together we will learn how to be vulnerable. When uncertainty and scarcity visit, we will be able to draw from the spirit that is the part of our everyday life. Together we will cry and face fear and grief. We will want to take away each other's pains, but instead we will learn to sit with each other and learn how to feel that pain. We will laugh and sing and dance and create. We will always have permission to be ourselves with each other. No matter what, each of us will always belong here. As we continue our wholehearted journey, the greatest gift that we can give each other is to live and love with our whole hearts and to dare greatly. We will not teach or love or show each other anything perfectly, but we will let us see each other and will always hold sacred the gift of being seen, truly deeply being seen. May it be so.